It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. In episode 16 of the NFL Vent Zone, we discuss the turbulent Jets quarterback position, Tua's murky future, Mac Jones's dirty tendencies, and much, much more. Get involved and get it off your chest. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the NFL Vent Zone. Oliong, Dan Yates, and Chris Tebbett here, ready to help you through the trials and tribulations that come with supporting a team in the National Football League. Merry Christmas, boys. Tebs, have you got over what was the disastrous big day for you? No. No, it's simple as it ruined my Christmas. I'm not ever going <laughs> to celebrate Christmas again in my whole life. And the turkey dinner I had was shit. I couldn't taste any flavours afterwards. Basically, Christmas it was flavourless. It was horrible. I had a candy cane earlier. tasted like shit. I can't be doing it. Yuletide has come and gone for me. It was gone. I'm never... December is a month of mourning now. Nothing else. Uh, Dan, how was your Christmas? <laughs> Mine was excellent. I watched a great game of football, followed by what I thought was going to be a terrible one with the, the Rams and Broncos that turned into a 50-burger, which was fantastic. Um, and Santa was very generous. What about you, Ollie? Yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the um the Christmas games because I had Cam Akers on my fantasy team. So that I was uh, it was a disaster. Yeah, the, <laughs> that was a very pleasant Christmas surprise and one that I did not expect uh, to come. Um, but Tebs, we'll try again. And uh, do you want to let the listeners know? Do you want to remind them what the uh, NFL Vent Zone is? Well, the NFL Vent Zone is perfect for people like me. Obviously, your Christmas is ruined now. It's gone. It's cooked. It's destroyed, right? You've got a white Tua Tagovailoa jersey that you bought at the London Games, which very well might be useless now. To you can retire that one, and it's for it's for people like me who've got a, who've got a gripe. It's, they've got a gripe, and maybe it's time that I let it all out. And this is why I'm on the vent side because I'm an angry man. I'm an angry, angry man, and my hairline is going. I'm stressed. I can't sleep at night because of the stress the NFL puts me on. I have to sleep under a Dolphins flag, which makes me be sick. We might say Jacksonville up there, but it's not. <clears throat> it's for people like me, angry people, sad, angry, lonely people whose only outlet in life is American football. <laughs> That's all I do my entire life now. I can't escape from it. I can't run from it. It just is. It just is now. And it's from people like me to finally get a little bit of release so that on the weekends when I'm alone, I don't have to worry about American football. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. So I can have peace to calm my mind. That is what it's for. Well, this could this this could very well be the most important episode we have ever done because it sounds like you need it. You need it. You need it bad. And uh, we're, of course, here to help you. We're here for the fans. We are, our team's wind us up every single week and we're here for you. We want your vents on the show to help you. Send them in to nflventzone at gmail.com. Send them in. Uh, yeah, email them Email them to us, a voice, a voice note, or just email them or messages on social media. We'll get it on the show and we will help you feel better. Right, Tebs, we're going to move on to me to start off with. So if you could... If you could, uh, I'm go- don't show it just yet, but I'm going to talk about Mac Jones. Now, it's been circulating, it was circulating kind of over the last year or so. There's been little bits and bobs that suggest he's a dirty player, but it really came to a fore uh, this week after he kind of took a, took a dive at, at the knees of a Bengals player who was well out of contention of making an impact on the play. Um, and it's, it's kind of brought all of this, the- all of these theories to the surface again. And, uh, I know this is an audio podcast, so this is no good to uh, anybody listening to this. But if you could just roll the video and we'll talk through it as it's going, or I'll talk you through it. So starting off, 
This is Mac Jones versus the Panthers. The defender, Brian Burns, is trying to get away. He's got him by the foot. He rolls over and what could have caused a very serious knee injury and is totally uh, unnecessary. Then the play from this week where he dives at the Bengals' knees, the Bengal player knees. This time he's got the ball. He's escaping from the pocket. He's running upfield. And as he's sliding, he kicks back at Brian Burns and tries to catch him on the ankles. Then the final one, and this is probably the most obvious of them all, he escapes from the pocket scrambles about 10-15 yards and as he's sliding this time he decides he's going to raise his ankle aim them directly for the crown jewels of a, of a brisker and uh, gets him in the nuts so this is four examples uh, potentially all from this year probably one of the I think the Panthers one was last year all examples of a quarterback deliberately taking cheap shots at a defensive player and Granted, the last one's just sore nuts, but the rest of them could have caused some pretty serious injuries. So the question that I have for you, Dan, is Mac Jones a dirty player? Well, those are all dirty plays. So the answer has to be yes. Um, I do think, to a certain extent, the slide with the foot up is what they're coaching at New England. Now, I don't know that for a fact, but Tom Brady has a long history of doing exactly that when he was with the Patriots, and he's carried it over to Tampa. It can't be a coincidence that the only two quarterbacks in the league that do that both play or played for the Patriots. So I do think that they probably coach it as a way of protecting themselves by sticking that foot up and making sure no one dives at their head. Um, but yeah, no, the, the Eli Apple play from the weekend was was horrible. And the worst bit is that the play didn't count because it, they ruled it as an incompletion, not as a fumble. And he threw the ball, so he knew it wasn't a fumble. So why he was bothering to chase down the player in the first place, and then he realises he's not getting there, looks for the nearest defender and dives at their legs, which is completely illegal and very dirty. So, yeah, absolutely, he's a dirty player at the moment. Yeah, he could have blown his knees out, his knee out for sure. Um, it just strikes me as a kind of player that when something goes wrong, he just sees red. And just it looks like he just needs to take it out on, on uh, on whoever's nearest. Tebs, do you agree he's a dirty player? Well, yeah. I mean, when you're doing as badly as he is, you have to put some sort of dirt on it. One thing that surprises me is quarterbacks are told to protect themselves at all costs. Do you look at Cam Newton in the Super Bowl not diving on the ball, um, basically to save his body for this foreseeable game, giving up a fumble to the Broncos in Super Bowl Fifty, which is surprising when you look at Mac Jones, basically peel back, cut blocking someone's legs like that's it's it's dirty and it's dumb right but the thing is is that you know in my opinion he's not going to be there next year so what does it matter what does it matter that he's dirty it doesn't matter at all uh right moving on to another quarterback a different team quarterback in the same division dan the jets they fumbled their quarterback situation quite badly talk us through oh. I feel bad for all Jets fans because they are an organisation that can't have nice things. They keep getting their quarterback situation wrong and the vast majority of it is their fault. Like, I know Zach Wilson hasn't played great, but he is so talented and they've done nothing to help him out. Now, people will look at it and say, oh, they've built a great team around him, they've got great receivers, they've got a good running back, what do you mean? Well, I mean that QBs live on confidence. They live on believing that they're the best things in sliced bread. You look at how Tua changed this year, sorry, Tebs, um, when McDaniel came in and just went, you're the man, you're, like, you're shit hot. And suddenly he turned into the best quarterback in the league for seven weeks. At no point have the Jets ever given Zach Wilson any confidence. You look at how he's been treated in New York versus how Trevor Lawrence has been treated in Jacksonville. And over their first 16 games, they were about even in terms of completion percentage, touchdowns, interception ratio, passer rating. They were both bad. Both of them were bad quarterbacks. No one in Jacksonville vaguely thought about benching Trevor Lawrence because he's the future of the franchise. He's the one guy you have to build up. So they brought in a coach purely for the purposes of building him. Zach Wilson has almost as much talent and he could be a top 10 quarterback in the league. And the Jets have done absolutely nothing to back him and give him the confidence. And as a result, he's never going to play for them again. 
and they're stuck with Mike White, who they're going to have to pay 20 million a year, who is not a good quarterback. It's just, I, I just feel bad for all Jets fans. What if they get Lamar, though? Then you won't be feeling sorry for uh, Jets fans. They won't be getting Lamar because the Ravens are not letting him out of that building. They're going to franchise tag the shit out of him. Yeah. It was rough hearing Zach Wilson get booed. Like, with at the end of the first drive... No, he week. got booed on the first play because he threw the ball away on a running back screen where there was a defender hanging off the running back. Like, yeah. he did a perfect job on that play. It was just a bad play call, and it was well done by the defence, and he got booed. It's a joke. The rest, the rest of the game was wayward passes, late passes, forcing deep balls, and, like, misreading the pass rush, like, on that... On, like, the on the third down on the first drive. He shows a lot of things that are majorly concerning for a second he, year. He looks like a player that has no confidence. That's what he looks like. He looks like a player that goes, if I make a mistake, I'm getting benched. And no QB should feel like that. If you genuinely believe they're the future, that's not how it works. What do you think, Ted? Well, here's the thing, is that you are a lot more empathetic than I am. If you're a Jets fan, fuck you. Fuck <laughs> off. You know what? You deserve everything that you're getting, and your your team is. I know he's doing well, but you're you're slowly ruining Source Gardner. How? I don't know. I'll figure that out for next week's show. <laughs> but you are no. Grow up. It's a it's a wafty franchise, and you know, I saw I saw something that it that it was the Rams Jets game last year, where. A Jets player made a tackle on a Rams player after um, on the last play of the game, and it was if he didn't make that tackle, the Jets could have got Trevor Lawrence. But because he made that tackle, they're they're stuck with uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, they've got a good knack. Same with Mike White, and same with Sam Darnold in some aspects. They've got very good track record of picking players that are the absolute flash in the pan for a few weeks. This is it. He's going to turn the entire um, team around. We're going to be having Lombardis. Realistically, what the Jets need to do is they need to get about maybe four of these quarterbacks. And then as soon as the one of their, their four-week ability is gone, boom, you're gone. <laughs> you're going to be at your bench. Mike White, he's really good for one game out of the year. You know, Zach Wilson, it's good for a few games. You know, like, it's, a, it's the same with, like, Darnold. Like, Darnold will come out and just surprise people. You know, realistically, you get a roster of Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson and Mike White, and I think the Jets would win uh, the Super Bowl. But it's just not it's just not to be. They need they need a long-term option. But the problem is, is that within the NFL, there's there's the sort of, there's becoming a lack of, you know, mainstay dependables, you know, because, like, it's a shame that, like, Philip Rivers isn't still about. Do you know what I mean? Like, some, someone like that, someone that you can just sort of plug in and have some success with. And this thing is, like... Well, I mean, the upcoming off-season is going to be, like, Derek Carr is available. He Honestly, could, he fits it would, into not, that category. It would not surprise me if next year... Um, Derek Carr is a New York Jet. Genuinely. Like him or Jimmy G makes the most sense. I know because Brady. <laughs> no. Um well I think it I think it all depends on Can you imagine if he decided to say F you to New England and just went to the Jets for a season? I I, th- like, I yeah, think I'm it's I think this this off season is going to depend solely once again on where Tom Brady lands. Because, you know, if if the odds say, you know, New England and he goes to New England, okay, well then Jimmy G becomes an option for someone. But if Brady goes gosh, I don't know, let's uh, Brady goes to the Dolphins, okay, well then I imagine Jimmy G's probably gonna go up to New England. And then that then I imagine Derek Carr will probably be the starter for the Jets. Yeah, it's all Yeah. Gonna be gonna be a good off season. That's my, that's basically what to take away from this. It's gonna be a good off season. Right, Tebs, over to you. Matt Ryan and the Colts. This isn't really Matt Ryan and the Colts, as it is Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan embarrassed himself. 
He, well, he didn't. The Atlanta Falcons embarrassed the entire state of Georgia and gave them a legacy of the 28-3, which was, you know, unmatched. Un- unmatched. He he says on interviews that he's when he's when the regular season is on, he hears about it every single week. Now, Colts versus Vikings a few weeks ago. When that game was happening, I, you know, as as I tend to do, I I sit down and I go, what is the shittiest game of the week? What is the absolute dog shittiest game of the week? And a lot of the time it's the Colts. So I sat down and I watched it. I watched the first half and I was like, wow, this is this is unbelievable. To the point where I said in um, a group chat that I have, God, I beg he 28 to threes this at half time. And then because the game was so locked up, I went to bed. I had a nap. I think the Dolphins were playing. I think probably Dolphins Chargers week. I, I'm, you know, I had a long night ahead of me. Um, I wake back up. I check. I check the score, and the Vikings have won. You know, Matt Ryan's already dest- sort of destroying his legacy at the Colts, but I think that loss to the Vikings may be the final nail in the coffin for Matt Ryan. Obviously, Nick Foles is now starting for the Colts, which is, you know, their third QB in the whole season. And Matt Ryan's not been injured. You know, it's like, this is, I, I don't know. I, just, I, I don't know how I'd be able to contend with looking back on my career. If I was Matt Ryan, that's my vent. It's just, I just don't understand how, I don't understand how. Well, you talk about legacy. How about this? For legacy, he's now been the losing quarterback in four of the biggest blown leads in NFL history. The largest blown lead in the Super Bowl versus the Patriots, obviously 28-3 to 34-28. The largest blown lead in the NFC title game versus the 49ers. They went from 17-0 to lose 28-24. to Largest blown lead in an international game versus the Lions. And of course, this one, which is the largest comeback in NFL history, from 33-0 to 39-36. Now, the common theme on all of these is that they can't, like, they can't, they obviously can't get the win from a from a seemingly um, strong position. And again, that just comes down to Matt Ryan. It has to anyway. Um, in this game, he was 182 yards and one touchdown. So they put up 36 points but only one touchdown from Matt Ryan. So when they even come up to these leads, you can't even attribute much of it to Matt Ryan. It's all It was more the rest of the team. Um, and yeah, it's uh, he looked like he was one of the best options at quarterback in this offseason. And now he's already been benched twice, one for Sam Ellinger and one for Nick Foles. So pretty disastrous. Dan? I think that game's ruined his Hall of Fame shout. I think he was really close to being able to get in. Because he's got he's got an MVP, he's been to the Super Bowl, he was consistently a top five quarterback for you know five ten years, and I think these blown leads are what will keep him out, and that is a real shame, because if he'd have just said right the Falcons don't want me anymore, I'm retiring, I think five years from now he'd have had a good shout, but eventually he'd have got in the Hall of Fame, and I think this has ruined it for him. If he he only needed to. So against the Colts, against the Vikings, they had five field goals in as part of that 36 that they ended up on. If he just converted one of those field goals, one of those five field goals, if he'd just converted that into a touchdown, that lead is probably unbeatable. It probably like even if you collapse in the second half like they did, just those extra few points probably means there's simply not enough time for the Vikings. They just, he just can't get it done. Well, I do also think the Colts are not as good as people think they are. Like, their receiving room is not very good. Their running back situation without Jonathan Taylor is a disaster. And their O-line sucks. So, like, they're not really stacked. And he's not a guy that can carry you anymore. Yeah, but you see teams like the Giants, who've got no talent. You see yeah, they've got a quarterback who can run. That's the yeah. difference. Like if Matt Ryan played for the 49ers, he'd be fine. I feel like the I feel like the 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 question then goes to like, what happened to the Colts O line? What happened to it? 
Like it's not so much okay, Matt Ryan's getting older and he was already sort of declining in Atlanta, but what happened to the Colts O line? They're the highest paid O line in the yeah, league. Because actually. because yeah. they were good. Like Quinton Nelson is good. I don't remember anyone else's name from them because Quinton Nelson fucking rules. But like even he is having everyone is having like the worst season on the O line of their career. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. It's just sad. It doesn't make sense. But it is. But when you've got, yeah, and when you've got a, a quarterback that is as old and immobile as Matt Ryan, it just means disaster um, because he gets sacked all the time and then he'll fumble it. I think it was, what, three games in, he'd already had 14 turnovers. Pretty disastrous. Right, we're going to move on. Um, this is the NFL Vent Zone. We want your vents on the podcast to get them on. Send them to nflventzone at gmail.com. Send them to us and we'll get them on the show and we'll discuss them. Uh, we'll discuss them and try and make you feel better, basically. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, right, we're going to move on now to talk about something that is quite of a sore topic for Tebs, um, but is undoubtedly a major storyline in the NFL at the moment, that being the Dolphins' dramatic loss to the Packers, but more importantly, what looked to be another concussion for Tua Tungavailoa. So this wasn't even revealed until the following day uh, when he self-reported it, um, but it looks as if he is in the concussion protocol again um, and, uh, yeah, a concerning situation. Dan, I believe you were gonna, um, you were going to lead us on this, so I'll hand over to you. I'm just sad on behalf of all Dolphins fans and all Tua fans, because I know there are a lot of Tua fans out there that aren't necessarily Dolphin fans. They just love the player. Um, and there is a genuine concern going around that he might never play again. Because um, this is effectively his third concussion this year. I know that the they claimed he didn't have one before. It was a back and an ankle problem, but everyone's seen the tape. He had a concussion. He got another concussion. And now he's got a third one. And they all happened in the same way, and they're all impacting the same part of his brain. Um, and he said after the last one that he's spoken to his family about retiring. And this is a guy that's just seeming to get it together and has a very bright future ahead of him with one of the most exciting coaches in the league. And it unfortunately wouldn't surprise me if he never played football again. Now, whether that's his decision or not, it could be that we're getting to the point that no doctor is ever going to sign him off to play football because they don't want to stick their name to it. And he goes out there and gets killed because that's where we're at with this guy. If you get multiple brain injuries back to back, you can die. High school players die in the U S all the time doing this. So there will be a point where the doctors just won't sign him off. And that's just, it's just very sad. So Tebs, I feel sorry for you, mate. And I, I just hope he's all right. Cause these head injuries are like, let's call it what it is. It's a brain injury. It's bad. Yeah. Tebs, I guess, uh, let us know how you're feeling. <laughs> um, it's one of those things where, you know, I tour a lot. Um, but the problem is, is that I enjoy Tua as a human being and being, you know, the the sort of juxtaposition of the very stoic um, figure during interviews and then, you know, sort of more fun-loving when he's sort of doing things outside of football. Um, within this season, it's not been fantastic especially considering that his concussion against the Bengals was, you know, horrific. 
Um, it's difficult to see in my eyes a world where Tua plays next season. Um, I don't. I don't think it's now a oh you know he's got a concussion. Oh, it's like you get sacked in the NFL. No one doesn't get sacked. Um, and as brain injuries compile, it's going to get easier to get concussions. And he's still young enough that he can just Andrew Luck it and peace out. Um, where that then lies the Dolphins franchise, I don't know. Um, in the off season, um, it's I don't know. It's just it's just quite. Um, it's just quite a difficult thing to sort of consider because, you know, he was, you know, he's been the guy. He's been, he's, you know, he was, it's, <clears throat> it's sort of like the Colts didn't, the Colts didn't really know that Andrew Luck was going to leave. They, you know, he was all constantly, but it was like, oh no, it's fine. But what I think this will lead to is to uh, basically becoming the, the 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 guy who's going to sort of lead the NFL in um, trying to figure out as best you can concussion protocol. Um, yeah, I I don't see a world now where Tua plays next season. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, I mean, it's a, if that's the case, and if he, you know, has to, he feels that the best decision for him and his family is to retire. It's a tragedy because it's um, obviously it's not a tragedy in the sense that he it will allow him to go on and live a happy life, and that's the most important thing. Um, but from a purely sport perspective, he, you know, he had highs this year that he um, has never had before, and was finally looking to turn a corner and as Dan said the excitement there being being paired up with Mike McDaniel um but yeah I guess it's it's we're kind of at a stage where there's not really anything that can be done um he just has to go through these tests and he has to be given the advice from from experts and I think it's one of those situations where nobody really knows and well there'll be doctors out there that know but for everyone else it's just a guessing game and we have to wait and see um and uh, there's there is a chance he comes back next year, but as you say, there's also a high chance that he doesn't, and uh, that'd be pretty disastrous. I, 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 feel, I feel, I feel like, I feel like the the question, the question, the question is really comes back um, next year. It's there's still one game left of the regular season. I think that will sort of tell people what the situation's going to be. Um, for the foreseeable future with Tua. Like, he's not playing this week against the Patriots. Understandable. There's still a game with the Jets, which very well, given I don't fucking trust Teddy Bridgewater as far as I can fucking throw him, um, especially considering when he came in last time, first play, he got a, con he got a concussion. We had Scarlett Thompson, right? The Jets, we've got the Jets next week. Which I think is going to end up being a win and in. I think it's going to end up being a win and in for both teams. Um, and I think if Tua yeah. comes back, and for in that, theory he could have, in I theory he it, could have, he could have cleared it by then. Yeah, but I, I don't think if so they, that's what even I think. if he's medically cleared, I don't think he plays against the Jets because when he got medically cleared last no. time, they held him out for another game. So I don't see why after another concussion they would play him as soon as he's cleared. Um, yeah. Regardless of how big the game is, because I don't know if anyone's seen it, but when Mike McDaniel's talking about it in the press conference, he's visibly upset that two is injured again and that he's he's got another concussion and he's clearly worried about him. And he held him out last time because he was worried about him. I don't see how he plays against the Jets at all. Yeah, and they, I mean they're also they're under they're under scrutiny for mishandling the situation. So they're going to be uber careful to do it the right way oh, around. He is furious that this wasn't spotted in the game because at the point where he got this concussion, they were up 20 to 10. 
And from that point onwards, Tua was terrible, mm. including throwing three picks, one of which he said after the game, I think I called the wrong play. If that's not the sign of a fucking brain injury, I don't know what is. He called the wrong play, forgot what he called, and then he played a different play to everyone else. And he was disastrous because he had a concussion. Yeah. And no one in the stadium spotted him, which is, yeah. it's absurd that that was allowed to happen. Yeah. I mean, to that point, he had a passer rating of 144.4 in the first half, 144.4. It was a complete polar opposite. And then you, you can see the play where he gets the concussion. And uh, it's a very similar play to you see many players get concussion. He falls backwards and whacks his head on the ground. Um, well, obviously, I've not been able to go back and fully see if there's any signs of a wobble or anything like that. But yeah, you'd have hoped that they would have been able to spot it. And uh, there's bigger things at play than a football result here. So fingers crossed the, the pro, they're able to get the concussion protocol sorted because there's been iffy throughout the whole year. Uh, right, we're going to move on. Um, we're going to move on to another sad state of affairs and that will be our Raiders and Broncos corner and now it's quite convenient that we gave them their lifetime memberships and uh, they have both made franchise altering changes this uh, this week alone with uh, the Raiders um, benching Derek Carr for Jared Stittum for the rest of the year and the Broncos getting rid of Nathaniel Hackett which I think we could all see coming so, were there any surprises for you there, Tebs? We'll start with the Raiders, shall we? Um, were there any surprises? I guess with for you, probably not, because you're quite a vocal Derek Carr disliker, shall we say? Um, honestly, yeah, there is there is a surprise there because you know Derek Carr has been um, he's not been great this year, but like he's not Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Um, yeah, like it's a surprise. I don't really see what the point is. I really don't see what why. I think out of the entire Raiders quarterback room, Derek Carr gives you the best chance to win. And I don't. I really don't understand. Um, for the reason why, like you look at, you're you you telling me that. Devontae Adams is not going to be deflated now that his mate has been basically booted from the squad. Of course he is. You know, like he, like I'm, people, like I'm sure, like some Raiders fans don't won't want to admit it, but Derek Carr was the guy. You know, he he was the guy. Um, I've, I've like obviously they're out, they're they're out of the playoff hunt, but you know, Jared Stidham's not a rookie. Like he doesn't need these valuable reps like I, I i've got a theory i've got a theory right. i think because like you say they don't need to win they, they, they know that jared stittum's not going to be their next quarterback i think it's literally just they are so convinced that they don't want him anywhere near the franchise next year that they just want to get him gone make sure he doesn't get injured so they don't get saddled with him for next year just guarantee that they can trade him in the off season and he'll be gone Dan, would you agree? I can't see any other reason why they would get rid of Carr at this stage. Because also he's leaving the team for the next two weeks, not just being benched. He is away from the team. I, I don't think they can trade him, firstly. But the reason that they've done this is to save themselves $40 million. So his salary for next year is $33 million, And he has $7.5 million that is also guaranteed on the third day of the new league year. So three days after the Super Bowl, all of that money becomes guaranteed. But if he gets injured before then, it's all guaranteed from the moment he gets injured. So they will cut him before that becomes guaranteed. The problem with trading him is that the trade window doesn't open for another few weeks after that. So they'd have to have a trade agreed with the partner, but they can't sign it until after that money becomes guaranteed. So they need to really trust the other team that will go through with that. Because if the other team backs out, they're stuck with his contract, 40 million. And I don't know if everyone remembers what Josh McDaniel did to the Colts, but he has track record of saying he will go and do something and then pulling out last minute. If a team does that to the Raiders, they're stuck with him for 40 million for next year. And they don't want any part of that. So I fully expect him to be cut. And this is bad business by the Raiders because the only reason you sign that 
contract and get the guarantees three years after the new league three days after the new league year starts is so the owner doesn't have to put 40 million in escrow in an account on the day you sign a contract this is bad business by the raiders and the rest of the league will know it but they've done it to save them 40 million it's just one of those situations where you just kind of you just take your medicine and, and move on and it's uh, stupid yeah it, i mean and Devonte adams has come out this week and said Derek Carr is the only reason I'm here. No one in the locker room is happy about this. And I'm not sure if I'm going to be here next year. Yeah. Well, to be fair, on the topic, Teb, so we've got another, we've got an audio file to roll. Uh, on the topic of the locker room not being happy, uh, we've got an interview by Josh Jacobs, which perfectly sums it up. So, Tebs, if you could play that now, that would be great. How many times can you keep talking about sort of the same things and learning the same lessons? Man, I'm tired of dealing with it. tired of dealing with it. Like every day I come here and bust my ass, uh, I see I see the guys, you know, bust their ass, you know, and the result is not there. And you know, for me, the last four years, the result hasn't been there. And um, quite frankly, I don't know what else to do. Um, so, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, we we need to we need to move on. But that is another player who is not going to be there. So that's Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Devonte Adams are all going to be gone. Um, Las Vegas are not a happy team at the moment. Um, but yeah, right, we'll move on to the Broncos, who are another unhappy team. Um, Dan, do you want to take this one? So the Broncos finally got round to doing what we expected and firing Nathaniel Hackett. Um, it's about time. He's terrible. Um, he was so out of his depth, it was unbelievable. I've vented on this podcast a few times about the complete inability of him to manage a game um to the point that they got a false well sorry they got a delay of game penalty on a kickoff like what what are we doing here and the new owners had to hire a coach to teach him how to do his job uh this was coming i think they were trying to hang on till the end of the season but then they conceded 50 points on christmas day on a nationally televised game and they went, we just got to get him the heck out of here. He is, other than the disaster that was the Jags last year with Urban Meyer, who was incompetent for a completely different set of reasons, he's the worst head coach I've seen watching this ball in terms of just being out of his depth. Um, not helped by the fact that Russell Wilson is the worst trade ever made. So the Broncos are a disaster. <laughs> It was one thing after another, all the way throughout the whole season. Um, yeah, pretty bad. Uh, Tebs, uh, your take on the Broncos of uh, 2022? Obviously, this was coming like a mile off. Like He's been awful all year. Like, bad. Really, really, really bad. But it's sort of the inverse to the Raiders' problem, right? Josh McDan like The Raiders have sucked. And Josh McDaniels um, can't be fired. So what's the scapegoat? Derek Carr, you're cooked, right? This is now the inverse. Russell Wilson now has a chance. Not this year. This year's done. He can sit in his 12-bathroom um, mansion and weep uncontrollably. But this now gives Russell Wilson a chance to, you know, try and try and uh, go back to his recipe books again, to try and cook again and try and salvage, salvage somewhat of the Russell Wilson people remembered. You know, this is this is what this is like. This is obviously Nathaniel Hackett. He needed to be gone, but this is now a opportunity for Russell Wilson to not be not be remembered as just god god tier awful. Um, I don't think it's it will happen. Chance, it? It's a second chance uh, for Russell Wilson as a Bronco. Um, dependent, obviously, that like, there's these rumors going around that Sean Payton is amassing this all-star coaching squad and whoever it goes to very well could be the saints again but um there are rumors that it could be the broncos and you know will it give russell wilson the opportunity to succeed maybe you know but i think it breeds a new lease of life for um mr unlimited it does yeah i mean we uh we just talked about how much of a shambles the uh the the Raiders are and I think that the Broncos are 
almost just as bad in terms of players being unhappy. Then you add in the lack of draft picks. Then you add in this huge Russell Wilson contract. I would be surprised if Sean Payton wanted to go there. Mm. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Yo, do you guys I mean, remember at the start? So do you guys remember at the start of the season when everyone was like, yo, this fuck, this division's going to be the best division in football. Oh, yeah. And it's just sucked. Obviously, Chargers are in the playoffs. Yeah, that's cool. I like the Chargers. Chiefs are in the playoffs. No surprise, but this is going to be the best division in the whole of football. And half the, half of it has been the worst in the league. Uh, I, th- I think they don't have the draft assets to get Sean Payton because his rights are still owned by the Saints. Yeah, They need yeah. to trade for him. And they don't have a first-round pick. They don't have a second-round pick. So well, there you have what it. are they going to use? Um, plus, I, why on earth would he go there? Russell Wilson is effectively cooked at this point, And I think he, I think he would know that. But Wilson has one year left to save his legacy as a quarterback that was anything other than assistant quarterback in Seattle. Which is mental, because three or four years ago, we were talking about him being an easy first ballot Hall of Famer. And right now, if he doesn't perform next year, he's going to get cut at the end of next season. And I don't know who would take him after that. Yeah, he should have he should have retired a few years ago. I mean, I was Tebs, you kind of alluded to it already, but um, this week was a significant week for Russell Wilson and uh, a, a very uh, happy milestone for him because he threw his 12th touchdown of the year. Now that is significant because for that many have been tracking that he has spent the most of the season having more toilets in his house than he has touchdowns uh, thrown to his uh, to his team. So, well done, Russell Wilson. You finally achieved something uh, good. But yeah, I mean, again, we there was there was videos of Cortland Sutton jumping up and down, throwing his arms in frustration. I watched the highlights again this morning. You had the O linemen throwing their hands up and looking at each other like in desperation whenever he was taking some of these ridiculous sacks. Brett Rippon got into a shoving match with the Broncos O line. This is a fractured team, and whoever takes it over has got a has got a tough job on their hands. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they play this week to figure out if it was Hackett the problem or if they just continue having all of these issues. Um, it'd be funny if they just go and blow out the Chiefs. That would be interesting. Uh, Titans, I see we're going to talk just about. On that, just very quickly, uh, watch out for Jim Harbaugh going there as the new head coach. Jim Harbaugh, okay. Pick. Jim Harbaugh coming from Michigan to go there. Hasn't he said that he has no interest in going to the NFL? Yeah, but he's also said that his dream is to win a Lombardi trophy. And if he can't do that, then he'd win a national championship at the college level. And that would be all right. So, they're not going back to the NFL is BS. He interviewed right. for the Vikings job last year and didn't get it. So. All right. Well, when, uh, when that happens, we'll come back, clip this up, and it will make us look really smart. Uh, okay, so I'm going to talk about the Titans as the final event. Uh, this has come from Facebook. So... The Titans are obviously not having the best of times. They're coming off a loss to the Texans, which was a new low for this season. However, somehow did feel inevitable with them crumbling fast. So this is from David. Um, for the most part, the lacking the lack of a passing game is causing these Henry fumbles. Being so one-dimensional, he's just running into numbers time and time again. So they have the ability to rip and punch at the ball because he's constantly wrapped by three other people. If we could stretch the field, he wouldn't have the entire defence on his back. To which someone has commented, yeah, what we really need is a good wide receiver. Oh, hang on. That's a good point because they did have a good wide receiver. But yeah, this is a team that are crumbling fast. They've now lost their last five games and are facing a winning in game against the Jaguars next week. So they play tonight, but it means nothing. They need a winning in game against the Jaguars uh, next week. The Venter is right. The lack of a passing game just makes it so impossible for Henry. And it must be painful for Titans fans to see uh, AJ Brown absolutely ripping it up for Philadelphia. So I've got a fun stat for you. AJ Brown has 1,304 receiving yards this season. That is more than the Titans' top four receivers combined. They combined for one. 1,278 yards. The top four receivers of the Titans don't beat AJ Brown collectively. It's a shocking, shocking season. Um, well, not a shocking season, but it's a shocking trade in hindsight and uh, one that everyone in that franchise will be regretting and potentially lost John Robinson his job. Um, do you see any chance, Dan, of the uh, of the Titans getting through and I guess more importantly what is the future of this team it is 
looking murky at the moment? Uh, I don't see a way that they beat Jacksonville right now, um, unless by some miracle Ryan Tannehill can come back and then it becomes a tighter game. But they're benching Malik Willis for tonight. Like, he's been so bad that they're benching him for their third string rookie, their third string QB, who is bad. But he, uh, John Robinson lost his job because of that trade, let's be clear. Um, and I would expect whoever the new GM is to basically be reporting into the head coach um, because there was a power struggle and John Robinson lost his job. But uh, the Titans right now are one of the worst teams in football and have been for the last five, six weeks. Um, Derek Henry faces eight defenders in the box more than any running back in the league, apart from Tyler Algier, according to Next Gen Stats. So, yeah, he's facing an uphill struggle. Teams know that he's the only threat they've got, and they're just filling the box. So, I think they're in trouble. I really do. Tabs, who do you see going through? Jags or the or the um, or the Titans next week? The Jags, hundred percent. The Jags. Um, like, like it's one of those things where like, the the Titans. <coughs> They've fallen victim to the sort of cyclical nature of the NFL. You know, like Ryan Tannehill for them was never going to be the option when he started. He played well, but he was always sort of... He was always not good enough to go fully to the Lombardi. And I think that was, you know, sort of well-established in his playoff record. Um, so I just I, I just think it's... Obviously, the, um, the AJ Brown trade was stupid. Um, I think everyone can sort of see that that it was ridiculously stupid, but I, you know, I don't think this is like one of those things where it's like a great tragedy for the Titans. It's, you know, I'm sure in two years or yeah, two years, the Bills are going to go through the same thing, and it's just the cyclical nature of the NFL where it's just it's just not worked out for them, and. They've got to start contemplating a rebuild now because, you know, they because like they can't keep putting this much pressure. I don't know how much Nissan Stadium weighs, but I'm sure that Derek Henry can't squat that much. You know, um, yeah, I don't I really don't. I think this is simply um Natural selection for the NFL. It's just not the it's, it's not the Titans' time yeah. anymore. To your point, I mean, we, like everyone talks about Super Bowl windows, right? Every team, when you're in a Super Bowl window, that's it. You, you you're going all out. And teams have windows, and some teams have windows that are longer than others. And yeah, the Titans' window is probably yeah, shutting this year. I completely agree. This is, like it's because because they're they're built for Derrick Henry, right? How old is he? He's probably 28, 29. And like, he's taken more hits than any other running back in the league just because it's just relentless. And somehow he continues to do it because he's a god, practically. But the Titans window was Derrick Henry. And with, 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 the, with the uncertainty of the future, with him getting older, um, with the loss of AJ Brown, the future, their window is closing. I completely agree. And I think it's something like, if they lose to the Jags next week, um, if they lose this week and then they lose to the Jags next week, they'll have the 13th pick in the draft. They'll have a pretty good pick. So it's kind of a good situation for them because if they win, they're in the playoffs. If they lose, they've got a relatively good draft pick. So um, if anything, they want to lose tonight and then that sets that up for them and uh, they'll be okay. But uh, yeah, it's pretty... They should time Derek Carr and trade for Devontae Adams. That'll give them a shot for one more year. I think Derek Henry's got one year left and they should sign Derek Carr, trade that first round pick for Devontae Adams and go all in. Because once Derek Henry's gone, they're in trouble and he's probably got a year or two Completely, left. Like, honestly, if that if the Titans do that, then, you know, I don't think that that window is shut anymore. For me, it's... Imagine how scary they'd be next year with Devontae Adams on the outside and Derek Henry running up the middle. He's not going to be facing eight-man boxes 40% of the time. I tell you that for free. This is true. This is true. So there we go. We could be that. We should. Uh, we should have replaced uh, John Robinson as the GM of uh, of the Titans. Right. We've taken quite a while. So we're going to very quickly go for our locks. But it does have to be quick, boys, because uh, 
We need to get out of here. Uh, Tebs, bring up the graphic. We'll talk through who we're locking up. So when that as that's coming up, we'll do a reminder of the standings. So I am at four and one. Dan is also at four and one, and Tebs three and two. So this week I'm locking up the Jets. Um, I just feel like Zach Wilson is such an issue, and he is a reason for some of the bad performances recently. And he's such an issue that by taking him out, it's just gonna just going to transform the uh, the team's um, successes and uh, they're going to have a good time with Mike White and they're going to run all over the Seahawks and uh, it's going to be an easy win because the Seahawks have not been on the best of forms recently. But, Ted, you clearly disagree. No, I wanted the Commanders. <laughs> I wanted the Commanders <laughs> and um, I looked at all the other games and I was like, oh, Christ, they're all so bad. Um, and basically, it goes back to... Uh, um, something that I I basically wanted to put um, twenty pound on Geno Smith to win comeback player of the year, and I'm just sort of willing it. And also because um, you know the the Dolphins playoff dreams stay alive, stay more alive with the Jets loss this week. So both financially and emotionally, this is um, me picking as from a place of hope. Uh, I'm, I'm picking with my heart instead of my brain when uh, picking Seattle this week. Dangerous thing to do. What about you, Dan? So I got my commanders pick in before Tebs, unfortunately for him. Uh, so I've gone commanders over Browns because Deshaun Watson is a bad quarterback right now. They've been terrible since they put him in instead of Jacoby Brissett. And Washington, I think they're in if they win this week. They've gone back to the better quarterback of their roster, which is Carson Wentz. And their D-line is way too strong for the Browns. So I don't see this being particularly close. This could be a blowout. Yep, I think that's a safe bet. Yeah, I think we're all looking good other than... Well, we can't all be looking good because uh, Debs and I can't both win. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling good draw. with no, the no. Jets. By the way, Mike White has a losing record this season. He's played three games and hasn't scored a touchdown in two of them. So I'm with Tebs. You, well, you would be with Tebs. Two of you are going with your heart. Yeah, I mean, Tebs, it's risky to go with your heart because it's just going to hurt so much more if they do lose. Um, but yeah, I think that I think the defense is is the is the key here, and um, I think Source Gardner could very well shut down DK Metcalf, and then what does that really leave with Lockett being injured? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's NFL Vent Zone, and hopefully you can enjoy Thursday night football as we have the Titans who have already waved the white flag against a very stout Cowboys team looking to further cement themselves in the NFC playoffs. And now, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for venting with us. Hopefully your mind is clear and you can enjoy the rest of your week until Monday morning when the NFL Vent Zone becomes the perfect place for you to get everything NFL off your chest. Thank you and we will see you right here next week. Yeah, I see where I've been going wrong now. That was uh, that was Chef's kiss. Sports Social Podcast Network.